This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. We are here to talk about Birds of Prey, the emancipation of the fantabulous of Harley Quinn, <laughs> a.k.a. Of the rise of the dog. The, the Harley birds Quinn, of ba- Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn movie. Whatever <laughs> official title they're rolling Depends out Depends on now. what time of, the, of today yeah. you saw this movie, um, yeah. what the title was. So. Yeah, or according to IMDb, it's just Birds of Prey now. <laughs> oh, okay. There's the third title. But I'm excited to rank literal birds of prey later. And mm-hmm. I think the falcon is going to come pretty yeah. high in there. Maybe the hawk, vulture. Yeah. We'll see. Bald eagle, close to the yeah. top, for sure. Exactly. I'm a condor California guy. condor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. R.I.P. The California <laughs> condor. But yeah, Brian touched on it. it depending on when you saw this movie, uh, you may have gotten a different title. And I didn't figure that out until I walked out of the movie, and our Discord channel was blowing up with... Hey, I think they changed the title of, of Birds of with Birds of Prey to something else and I was like, "Wow, really?" because I just saw it and it was <laughs> the in, in fantabulous emancipation whatever. And and yeah, they're right. It's it's amazing. So we booked these tickets on Monday of opening weekend, so basically, you know, the first Monday that the movie was available and I booked the ticket this morning around noon. And saw the movie this afternoon, around 3 o'clock, my time. And by 4, 4.30, it had officially been changed. So I booked it as the Emancipation movie. And when I got out, it was something completely different on the app and everything. So it's pretty incredible that they can just send one email and be like, Hey, guys, we're, uh, we're changing the, the title of this. So it's now Harley Quinn, semicolon, Birds of Prey. You guys have been going for almost 600 episodes, and I think this is definitely the first time this has ever happened, where you go into the theater and the movie changes titles what, literally, mid-movie. while I'm sitting in the theater, it changed titles. Yeah, that is crazy. incredible. Yeah, it's, that's amazing. We're, I mean, just in the last two months, we've had this, and then we've had Cats, like, altering its VFX yeah. after it's already come out, after them, like, rushing out a, a second real. I mean, this is... We're in a new era of film, guys. This is serious. I don't know what to do at this point. Yeah, the last time I remember this happening about a movie that was critically well-received, people liked it, it seemed, but it didn't make a ton of money, and no one could really figure out why, was Edge of Tomorrow, a.k.a. Live, Die, Repeat. So they changed it to Live, Die, Repeat. But that was for the DVD, at least. Same with Ghostbusters Answer the Call. call. Ghostbusters Answer the Call, right. Not to be confused, because they were both called Ghostbusters. I'm like, that's disrespectful to the original Ghostbusters. (laughs) Right. Call this movie Ghostbusters, so Mm -hmm. we got to change it. And yeah, you're exactly right, but it was for the... For the release, yeah, I've never seen it actually while it's still in theaters. uh, Only come out four days ago that they've changed the title. And here's what's funny to me, guys, because 
they changed it to Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Are they were they confused that nobody knew this was a Harley Quinn movie, even though she's on the cover of the poster and all the advertising and every trailer? Like, I'm pretty sure people knew that this was a Harley Quinn movie. It's just classic focus group yeah. thing where someone was like, some dumb person was like, that's what they always do. Somebody right. they focus grouped it, you know, over the weekend with the, when it started underperforming, and they're like, you know, I didn't even know it was a Harley Quinn movie because I just read about it in the newspaper because I only read USA Today. Right? And they're like, right. well, let's change everything based off what this dumb person mm-hmm. thinks. That seems like a good idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, I want to meet the one guy in Kansas who was like, oh, they changed the title. Well, I'm definitely in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a exactly. Harley Quinn movie. Ah, I misunderstood. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. I thought it was about the 1999 Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> But the the other thing is, and I, I could be wrong, but as far as I understand it, once you apply for a copyright on a motion picture, which you have to do before it hits theaters, that title is locked in there forever. So you can yeah. change whatever you want on the poster, but the movie, for legal reasons, will forever be called Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation. You know, Maybe the whole they also might have copywritten eight alternate titles too. Right, that's true. And then mm-hmm. they just legally- yeah, that's true. For sure. like it's like when people own nine domains or something for the same. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm not saying that's what they did, Shane, but mm-hmm. they could. They could. Uh, yeah. You never know. Like how we own Mad About Movies with three Z's at the mm-hmm. end, just, just in case, case we ever and want two to Z's to that. and one Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even try if you're thinking about copywriting that or getting the domain name. Good luck. Um, we are charging a hefty premium for that one. <laughs> I wonder what the people that went to go see Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, and <laughs> They go in and they see the the opening title screen of Fantabulous Emancipation, and they're like, "What is what is this? I don't I don't know what what that's about." But to my point earlier, I'm pretty sure all the Harley Quinn fans knew about this movie and probably went to see it opening weekend. And it seems like that's the only people that saw it because it it underperformed at thirty million dollars despite the the positive buzz from the critics, the certified fresh rating on the RT. And all of the above, uh, you know, positive things going for it. Margot Robbie at the front, at front and center at the Oscars. All these things that you would think would would contribute to positive um, box office performance for a movie. You know, they're really the first big big budget movie of the year besides Bad Boys for Life, which has been number one since it came out, essentially. And yeah, it's a little a little dumbfounding that this didn't make more money, but also not dumbfounding at all when you consider the. The neckbeard crowd that that boycotted this and refused mm-hmm. to go see it, and I'm only in. I'm not. I'm not watching any more DC movies until they release the Snyder Cut type yeah. people. Which I'm is only an actual interested thing. in a Harley Quinn movie if if it's sexualized to a gross degree. That right. was another. Complaint. Really, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Um, yeah, they've really lost the spirit of the character if they're going to make her a strong female character and not. Uh. Uh, you know, an like abused person. Yeah, yeah. maybe the spirit yeah. of the so character yeah. sucked. Then maybe. That's, yeah, I know. That's there's good. a certain type of thing. <laughs> we were talking about this a little over the weekend. There's this certain type of, uh, and God, we're gonna get some awesome comments yeah. and emails. Um, and like, but there is a certain type of. Let's just, I mean, be honest. No women are like this. Certain type of male that uh, you know can only get into a fantasy movie if they can imagine themselves as the character <laughs> and so like just like a female driven uh superhero movie like that just loses a certain amount of audience for whatever reason and then but it, but and that's the dumbest thing ever don't get me wrong but then uh it's also funny though that the studios don't learn that like 
for whatever reason, like, uh, you know, women aren't, weren't super into these last few, like, uh, action, with the exception of Wonder Woman, woman and Captain Marvel. And Captain Marvel's kind of his own thing because that, I think the MCU really drove people, you know, to that as well. But Wonder Woman's kind of the aberration as like a female fronted action film. Charlie's Angels underperformed. Um, I don't know why that is, but they, it, you've got the neckbeard bros that don't go and see it. And then for whatever reason, not enough women go to see them. And it just doesn't, they, they keep overestimating <clears throat> these box offices. But honestly, this didn't perform that bad to me. Like, its budget wasn't crazy high. It made $80 million worldwide. Like, it's going to be a profitable movie. It's just the narrative around it's bad for whatever reason. Yeah, it didn't. I mean, for the record, it didn't bomb. That's for yeah, sure. at all. But it just, it just underperformed. Right? It tracked for at 50 to 55. Is right, what and it performed 30 to 35, right? Yeah. 30, 35, 83 worldwide. Like, you know, that's, that's, a tr- that's my point. It's like, that's not a issue in producing the movie that's just an issue on bad tracking the, bad the, the forecast for overseas was 110 million and it made 80 uh overseas yeah yeah but i'm just right. saying the forecast is stupid then it still is profitable like that's just a forecasting you know mm-hmm. error on the studio's part and now they're going to be disappointed in a movie that was as far as wb is concerned pretty successful yeah, absolutely. It is a little bit dumbfounding that it didn't make more money, to be quite honest with you, because I feel like people have been waiting for DC movies to be accepted and decent, you know, because for the most part, there's only been a handful, less than a handful of DC properties that have been decent in the past couple of years. And I'm, I'm not including the Dark Knight series the joker movie whatever you want to say outside of the dceu and that is a little bit confusing that when one comes out and is like oh man this is this is fun this is great action this is great performance you know star power all the things you want and it it makes 30 million dollars it's uh it's not encouraging to say you know the least and you know it feels like they need to just completely break out of this current DCEU model of this, these characters and just blow the whole thing up to be quite honest with you. And it seems like they're going to do that with the Batman in 2021. That could be the new start of something fresh, new for DC. Maybe they build off that with, with our pats as the Batman and, and carry some of those characters over. And when James Gunn's suicide squad movie comes out that same year, maybe they, they include some of those characters, but they, it feels like they, should probably stop with the, you know, aside from Wonder Woman, maybe carry that on as, as its own franchise and not tie that into any other movies. Just keep that as a trilogy or keep making Wonder Woman movies. But I'm, I'm done with the, the Snyderverse trying to be a thing. And I think this is, this is the proof that it's not profitable. No matter how inspired it is, no matter how good of a lead you have, no matter how positive the critical reception is, there's just... The audience just isn't there, and it's you know for this one, it's a bit confusing, you know, to be quite honest. But we'll see. What was the budget on this? It was reasonable, right? Oh, eighty-two million. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, weird. which is good. I mean, that's where you need yeah. to land yeah, under a hundred. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just weird. They're narr- they. It's just so funny. They created their own bad narrative. Mm-hmm. That's what's funny about well, it. this. Like this is yeah. profitable by money, but like because of their stupid narrative that they built themselves, <laughs> right? It, right. It will well, they're all, at, they made it a failure. There are so many factors on this too, and it's like I mean, it's it's not just the returns, but like DC 
Warner Brothers, they're always they're always chasing Marvel, and that's not me being like Marvel's better than DC. I don't want to start the that stuff, but I mean it's a it's pretty factual. Like they have this. I don't know if it's an inferiority complex or like, well, we have to compete with Marvel, and so they're perpetually trying I to. I think do it's more just, WB trying to compete with. Yeah, Disney. totally. I don't even totally. know. If it's no, I, I agree. Right. With you, but like, you're you you're to your point where like you're you're setting your movies up for failure when you when you go that route because it's like, well, if this movie doesn't do Captain Marvel numbers, then obviously it's a failure. And I'm like, well, that I mean that movie made like a 1.2 billion dollars, so maybe we don't make that the goal. I don't know. Like maybe we see if we can. <laughs> find something in between you yeah. know but it's it's kind Joker of perpetually been really the deal too it did yeah so that inflated sure. it like okay we've we've righted this ship and now all of these are going to make a billion dollars so let's just expect that this will make a billion dollars and it's like well you know that that character has a lot more cultural resonance than than other things for sure for uh, sure it feels like you're a- aiming at the the hot topic crowd, to be honest, with this yeah. movie, and sure. you're you're relying on that the word of mouth. I know there's a Harley Quinn animated series or something like that, but yeah, you're you're right. They're pin- pigeonholing themselves. Get it? Pigeonhole birds of prey mm. into a certain <laughs> audience by only appealing to the Harley Quinn universe fans. You know, this is not much of a crossover with with anything else. It, it's pretty much a standalone, and so they should have known that. It was going to perf- underperform than you know most of the movies, and you know I would have thought it would be fifty million would have been my my guess going in because Shazam made like fifty three and it, nobody knew what that was. That's fair. And it feels when like was that released again? Was that later last, last year? year? It was like it was, it was like March, April of last year. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I mean I mean month wise. Sorry, mm-hmm. I yeah, it was, it was April. So was that maybe that was because Oscar weekend's a weird weekend because so many people mm-hmm. are trying to see stuff that's about to. You know, be on the show and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Bad release as true. well. There's another write-up in Deadline that says it is 53% male that went to go see Birds of Prey. And they said there was a mistake made that the advanced ticket sales was not early enough. I don't mm. think that would have made much of a difference, no. to be quite honest with you. That's, they said it was it was only a, a week and a half ago that you could have purchased advanced tickets. Well, that changes this. everything. Yeah, I, I don't think. <laughs> I saw, un- unfortunately, and this is where they made the mistake. Um, they got the Iowa Democratic Party people to do the <laughs> advance ticket. The shadow app, yeah. Yeah, the shadow app. And so they had them do the advance ticket sales, which, read, you know, obviously in retrospect, hindsight's twenty twenty, but it mm-hmm. appears to be a mistake. Right. I mean, we, you know, we had kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, especially in the Discord, but I, I think ultimately the reason why this movie underperformed was because it doesn't really have any of the big name stars that DC has, right? With Superman or Wonder Woman or Batman. Uh, and DC just doesn't have that audience trust factor that Marvel does, right? I mean, after something like Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel can make a movie like The Eternals yeah. that's going to be weird and nobody knows what it is, but everybody goes, yeah, sure, I'm in, here's 10 bucks, mm-hmm. yeah. because they, just Marvel has earned your trust at this point. I just don't think that at this point the DCEU has enough people's trust you know, to say, hey, here's one character you know, kind of, and then here's four other characters you definitely don't know. Check them out in the movie. They're going to be great. And, and also, I just last th- time you saw this character, it was in a bad movie that not a lot right. of people dug in Suicide Squad. So, And right. it's a, exactly. not an overt hero like Shazam or something mm-hmm. where it's kind yeah. of a little more convoluted on that front. 
Exactly. So who knows? I mean, and this this could all be, you know, uh, who knows how it's going to change at the box office next weekend, right? Sonic's coming out and that Fantasy Island movie is going to come out. But who knows? Maybe this movie could have legs. And even though it underperformed uh, on the opening weekend, it could make another 10, you know, 15 million next weekend or whatever. Right. And who we'll knows? get into it. It's, it's not bad. Like It'll get people that right. see it will like it and tell other people to see it. I mean, it's not like it's it's a, you know. Uh, one one of the other <laughs> Snyderverse films, where you're like, yeah, no, the, not mm, only did it underperform mm. opening weekend, it dies after that because everyone that would see it went and saw it already. Right, right, right. The fact that they thought Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation <sighs> of One Harley Quinn would have was a good title to begin with is laughable. Drinking your juice in the hood, yeah. And like, right. this is going to work, guys. Fantab, all the kids are saying Fantabulous. And they're also really into emancipating. So let's just roll that out there and see see how that works. And the official Birds of Prey Twitter had a promoted tweet. Warner oh Brothers gosh. put out a promoted tweet that said, with a, with a clip from the movie that said, best emancipation ever. I'm not making that up. That was the actual tweet. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't the best emancipation ever. <laughs> if you look at you know history and things, mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. called the... Uh, the old proclamation by by Honest <laughs> Abe that might beg to differ with that, but just the the tone deafness and the the, the lack of foresight on this is, is truly unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And the, the 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 poster is just a pain to look at. It looks so terrible. But you know, I, I, I thought think, the trailer was bad too. Yeah, I mean that doesn't help. Right. I, I really. I was kind of dreading this movie just mm-hmm. based on the trailer before the before we saw some Rotten Tomato scores. The only thing you'd seen was like the very classic DC um, junket type <laughs> tweets, you know, where you'd be like, "Oh, it was great. I had a great time um, that they spent four grand on me." Um, yeah, I'll say this movie's awesome. Um, it was that kind of thing. And then the trailers are just so bad, and the titles dumb and all. I mean, it was I was I was super dreading state it. Yeah, everything. The much worse than the, this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. The absolutely. marketing didn't really sell the movie that they had actually made. Yeah. No, I I totally agree. This, this I mean, honestly, I mean this this is a this kind of reeks of the problems that that we've experienced over the last, you know, decade pretty much of of Warner Brothers DC extended universe post Dark Knight. I guess <clears throat> Dark Knight Rises, so I guess, what, 2012? So the last eight years, it's been this kind of thing where you're just like, guys, this is not, this, come on, what are you, why, there's a reason why there are, I get that you want to be ambitious and that you want to, like, rock the boat and be edgy and cool and everything, but there is also a reason why the tried and true formulas are tried and true, and maybe we should think about some of those things before yeah, before you we can go do into that. this, you, you can be edgy, and they did this budget wise on this, so that's smart. Right. At least they yes. didn't spend two hundred million on this, right? But you you can't do the edgy thing and then get mad when it quote unquote mm-hmm. underperforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and something super confusing too is making this a hard R, like not like not just an R, a very hard R. It, mm. This movie, a lot of people probably like. Oh yeah, my kid likes Suicide Squad. Let's go check this. Okay, no. And when they you know looked at the reviews or looked at the parents' guide or whatever, there's some there's some mm-hmm. stuff in there that's that's shocking. To be honest, I, like it didn't feel natural to the character, the world, any of that. Anything that they'd built previously, this felt like let's just go completely all out on this. And yeah. it it 
I mean, they they would have made fifty million dollars had this been PG thirteen. I'm willing to bet that at least. I don't know. I think I disagree. I kind of feel like it felt naturally into an R rated. Uh, I kind of liked it that they kind of let it. To me, it felt like they let it go where they wanted it to go with some of the violence and some of the swear words and stuff. So I actually kind of like that they – it felt like a natural fit to me that it was rated hard R. So I would say props to Warner Brothers for letting it go there instead of forcing it into that PG-13 bumper lane, you know? I think I would take the middle on that. I think I think you're probably right, Ken. Like it, I think it does make it's, – it's easier to sell a PG-13 movie than it is an R movie. Um, I didn't think it was – I didn't think it was gratuitous once it established like its own tone. Like I don't like the tone. It wasn't a, this is not my type of movie, but it was, I didn't think it was like crazy over the top on that front. Really? But I did think too, because it like, as far as I thought, like once, once the guys cut, cut people's faces off and stuff, I'm like, what are we doing? No, no. I mean, to be clear, I do not, I I hate hyperviolence and, playing violence for for comedy like and, kick and stuff like that yeah. yeah that's really really off brand for me but i didn't think that it was out of line with what they established as this movie but i do think that they also it very much seems like they the lesson that they've taken from uh deadpool and logan and uh joker to J- joker's so much of an outlier it's like he almost doesn't even factor into all these things because it's just it's such a different thing um to me but but th- that the lesson from that is like well we got to be r-rated and we got to find ways to make it so and like meg in our discord megan from from on the download she said today she said that it uh on a quarter she said I think they're just trying so hard to make it hot topic Deadpool. And I thought that was spot on. And and that's the problem. It's it's not like if you want to be R rated, be R rated and it you know, if you fit the the movie to the rating and the tone, that's fine. Like I'm okay with that. I didn't think it was like a perpetual, hey, we gotta make sure we have a twenty seven F bomb count in this in this ten minute span. You know what I mean? Like we gotta make sure we hit our, our quota or whatever, which you do feel like sometimes there with this type of thing. But but it just I think if you're going to go that route, I don't know. I wouldn't so aggressively pursue a target audience that is very small, I guess, is what how I would say it. We'll, we'll get into the movie here. And I had fun with it overall. But, you know, there's stuff I, I did not like about it. I, I thought it was a an entertaining action movie. But if you're looking for interesting characters... Margot Robbie's really the only thing thing in there, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Margot Robbie's a star. She's an absolute movie star. She's she's fantastic. I'll watch her in any, anything, to be quite honest with you. She can carry a film. She's got the energy. She's got the humor. She's got the charisma. She's got the, the drama. She's got the look. She's got everything. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is, is not a movie star. And I'm glad they didn't try to put her as, as upfront as they did, but... You know, that, that season of Fargo, you know, it enforced that to me too. It's like, I, I need to, we need to stop putting her front and center of, of things. And, you know, I liked Jussie, Jussie Smollett Bell, or what's her name? Journey Smollett Bell. Journey. My bad. Uh, Jussie's sister, Journey. Uh, Why well, she needs to drop the Smollett. Come on now. If you're already, <laughs> it's like, yeah, but my I gotta respect the Smollett name. No, I think you probably would do better service if you drop the Smollett, and you probably get a lot, a lot more jobs. Yeah, exactly. 
it, Journey Smollett Bell, she was, she was, she was great. She was very standout in this movie. I thought she was fantastic. I thought Ewan McGregor seeing him in this role was was interesting. But you know, there's some of the stuff in terms of making it a hard R that I found a little bit laughable. There's a part in the movie where they walk by this. I don't know. It's a graffiti or something like that. And the, I actually wrote it down here. What is it? What's it called? Um, Janus corporation, but (laughs) the J was marked out and it said anus corporation. (laughs) (laughs) The anus. That's so good. That's so fun. And there's in what's her name? Ali Wong's character, Ellen, she broke her arm and like all written on her cast is just like F you like just written clearly on her cast, like small things like that. They're like, okay, I understand wanting to lean into that, but just shoving it down our throats is a little bit nauseating to be completely honest. And it didn't feel it. That's what I mean when it didn't feel natural. It's like, Oh wait, can we put anus on this wall? Something about you know something controversial. Uh, That's that only my note on most movies, though. Is can we put anus on the wall? Right. <laughs> when I get focus grouped, which mm-hmm. I've been banned. Um, if you've listened to our talk sport <laughs> interviews, you might notice I've done a little dropping the word anus into them without them ever reacting. It's I've done like ten so far, and they've never once been like, "Did you just say anus?" Well, the, like, yeah, the well, the anus, anus is, is on Netflix to, to, to figure out the Irishman. You know, they gave him all this money. They're just like, okay, well, he's American, I guess. They say anus instead of onus over there, so I'm just gonna let it, and I'm gonna I'm keeping it up. So if you tune into those on our VIP feed, then that's that's why I say anus. It's it's fun. Anyway, but yeah, I thought overall it was fun romp. I mean, I was out of there in less than two hours. Yeah, There's some fun action, plus. fun action scenes, uh, some some interesting, I guess, kills along the way. But overall, it's, it's not a world I want to return to really anytime soon. And yeah, I'm done with the DCEU, the, the Snyderverse whole this whole thing that they've got the David Ayer suicide squad and we're branching off this into that. And I'm done. And we need a reset. We need a reboot. Is this character in the, um, new suicide squad with what's his name? Yeah. Um, with James Gunn. Yeah. She's yeah. coming back. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so is Jai Courtney. So, Oh, we're good so, there. wow. Now I'm in this. So this is so Jai is, Courtney's uh, suicide squad too. Okay. Yeah, and good. so is Joel Kinnaman too. He's coming back. Oh, oh thank God. Oh man. I was, <laughs> Man, Joel Kinnaman. What about Leto? No Leto, right? Yeah, no Leto, no, no Leto. Will Smith, uh, no got, uh, Killer Croc. You've got Taika in that one. You got Idris Elba. You got Viola Davis, Nathan Fillion, yeah, Michael Rooker, and uh, the Invisible Man. John Cena is is in. Oh yeah, the allegedly. We'll never know. Pete Davidson. Oh, oh, thank man. God. Now I'm back out. Okay. Never <laughs> we find out Margot Robbie is dating Pete, so Ray, Pete Davidson. Pete <laughs> Davidson. Um, no, the, uh, I, yeah, it, that'll probably be good, but it's just classic WB in that. <laughs> right. Do that. They first. now have this yeah. kind of underperforming, like this movie, like I said, it'll, it'll make money. It'll be a little profitable, but it's not a movie you would make a sequel to. Oh, but don't worry. We've already made the sequel. So now we've <laughs> yes. complicated that. And now we're yes. going to have to worry about that. It's just very. Right. That's what they do. They they're always one step ahead of themselves, 
in mm. a negative way. Right. They already have another movie announced, according to her IMDb, Margot Robbie's called Gotham City Sirens. Is this? Is that not this? No, that's that a whole this. different thing. Yeah. What that's is the difference? Whole... Well, I think with Gotham City Sirens, they're trying to bring in Batgirl uh, and Batgirl, yeah, which is weird because in the Birds of Prey, so she would have been a much more natural fit here, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but but again, with with all these DC, uh, let me no Warner Brothers is usually so reactionary that like literally, I don't believe that any of these movies are actually happening until like I start seeing set photos of things actually being shot. So all of these movies that they say are happening, I don't buy it until until they you know until they're, they're actually happening. So I don't know if this is going to change the trajectory of where Warner Brothers is going to go with this character or whatever. There's still a, a untitled Harley Quinn Joker movie that's in yeah, development that's, still that's or announced. It says announced. Let me see what yeah. the source of this is. Oh, I got to have IMDb Pro to get that. Oh man. Yeah. I don't what a that's what a cluster IMDb is, man. Just side <laughs> side side note there. Good mm-hmm. grief, awful. <laughs> Killed box office mojo. Let's yeah. Have you guys been on the numbers though? Yeah, yeah. I sent you guys a link on it. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, I followed like the them numbers. on Twitter for a while. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. I guess that's the only place yeah. you can get numbers. Yeah, it's, they, numbers they is great. Their pop up ads are terrible though. Oh really? It's Come so on, bro. What are you doing? On. Get a so ad blocker on Chrome. What so browser? Oh, are you yeah, doing? man. Ninety-five-year-old man. AOL. Yep. Internet Explorer. Internet Explorer. A, Look, it's the only I know how to use. I haven't had a pop-up in twenty years. Mm. Gosh, mm, Brian. Nice. Come Look on. You. I'm kidding. This is interesting. Apparently, Margot Robbie is starring in Barbie, directed by Greta Gerwig, with yeah. screenplay by Noah mm-hmm. Baumbach. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's been the big that is, buzz around gonna be their great. Oscar thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be slightly better than the Amy Schumer Barbie movie, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. We will see. But yeah, look, I mean, I will say, for me personally, just on a general level, I rather enjoyed this film for the most part. I thought that the... I, I really like the unreliable narrator kind of story tropes of it, where yeah, things too. kept going in and out of order, and I thought she was really funny. I thought the fight choreography was absolutely fantastic. Um, See, I know. didn't. I thought it was really boring because I I watched a Richard. Yeah, yeah. I did not like the fight, but I, especially when you watch something like a John Wick or something, I feel like that game has been so upped now. Yeah, that that's this true. felt like really late nineties fight choreography. To me. I guess I guess the sequence that I really enjoyed was when she's on the roller skates and she's like she's like bashing those dudes in the convertible as she like climbs in their yeah. car and she's like honking the, the horn with one guy's head. Like some of that stuff was really clever. Uh, and I enjoyed it. And, and I thought, like, also, this might just be me, but I, I don't know if they did it intentionally or not, but I love that how everybody was after a diamond and somebody ate it, that I was like, oh, nice. Like, that's a pretty unsubtle Snatch reference. Yeah. Uh, that mm. I, I, I don't know if they did it intentionally or not, but I just, I like that vibe of it. Um, but overall, I enjoyed this movie. I, I thought it was well made. Um, yeah. But I will say this, and I like again, just for me personally, I did feel like the movie was desperately trying to distance itself from like the Joker, and I feel like if this was a comic book or or if uh, like Jared Leto's Joker would have worked out, there would have been a couple of scenes with Joker in this movie, uh, and so because of the fact that they're just reacting to the fact that nobody liked the Joker, Jared Leto's the Joker some of this movie felt a little lacking for me because I wanted to see the Joker show up. It was such a big deal that they broke up. The fact that we never see him once other than just a cartoon for a half second 
it felt like a pretty big hole that they were desperately trying to cover up with sleight of hand. Did anybody else feel like that, or was that just me? Yeah, I agree with you. No, uh, yeah, it's, I'm not saying he sure. would have been a star. I'm saying there should have been like no, one flashback yeah. scene or something, you know? Yeah, I'm I glad there they wasn't because like, I never want to see that again. But yeah, um, I think yeah, they need to introduce I, a third Joker into the fray. You know? <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. It's like honestly, if it's a movie, it's not the Pope. Like if you if you really want to, if you don't like Jared Leto, just cast somebody else. Like it's just a scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been a fun surprise, and I'm I'm kind of stunned that they didn't do it. Do we? Can we get into spoilers? Or? They no, not yet. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> there's stuff to go. You know, how, you know, they called Joaquin, and we're like, hey, we got this. Just pop in here. We'll, work you into this and he's like absolutely not please lose my number and never call me again <laughs> yeah unless you're todd phillips i don't take calls these days <laughs> yeah if my creative my creative uh output is only limited to paul thomas anderson spike jones and todd phillips unless you're those three i'm <laughs> the not three gr- the three types yeah, the three greats yeah the mount rushmore of directors now which one said um who who never mind, I can't even make the joke. Okay. <laughs> I censored it just in time. You're all you're all welcome. So I like the animation intro of it, although that was fun. I wish yes, there was more was hyena. Cool. I feel like that was a missed opportunity for some quality hyena killing people, but it probably cost way too much to have the hyena involved. Like that maybe was something that they should have embraced more was Yeah, they could have ran with that. Hyena. It would have been fun. I did like that they – I was actually surprised that they put in the beaver uh, in there. The beaver is a is a comic – is a character that like in 2011, 2012 when they kind of relaunched the DC Comics universe and they uh, gave Harley Quinn her own title and they you know kind of made her more independent. She had this like stuffed beaver that belonged to an ex-boyfriend and throughout the comic he actually has like story arcs and he like talks to her even though nobody else can – hear him but she but she can gosh getting um, mel gibson so, for that would have been great yeah <laughs> that actually that would have been funny but like but the fact that they even just put it in there is i thought that was kind of a cool nod you know i did not know what that was about but that's why we have batman shane on guesting on our dc episodes too by the way i mean that. this isn't like a real pc answer but like they should just let mel gibson even if it's through like a intermediary run the dcu from here on out because he would make dark but really sound story movies <laughs> and, and like just say it's under some other producer because you know no one wants i don't want mel gibson involved in making all that money but like if they needed to save it that would probably be a good person to go to mm. they tried to get him he was directing suicide squad too for a hot yeah minute. for a hot minute there he was on it yeah, yeah. He's one of eight directors that had that job at some point give him flash Please don't make the Flash movie. Just let it die. Let it die. Slow death. Fast death, actually. <laughs> so I rewatched the Suicide Squad or Suicide oh, Squad buddy. before this. Okay. Why? Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't seen it since the theater. hadn't even watched a second of it. Did you oh, go extended man. cut or did you just uh, go whatever theatrical? cut? I don't even <laughs> didn't even think about paying attention to that. That's actually what it's called. It was out. the Courtney cut. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the extended Jai Courtney. He got an editing bay and more, put together his own. More scenes of Jai. Jai Courtney soon, yeah. <laughs> so watching that, I'm, I swear I made it through about 14 minutes before I was like, I can't, I can't do this. One of the things I hated the most about it was the intros of the characters. 
There are three separate intros to all of right. the characters. They and only three introductions. They do that the same with this movie, though. And I told myself, going into Birds of Prey, I was like, I'm going to love this movie, probably really like this movie, as long as they don't throw the names of the characters on screen and have, like, assets, abilities, or whatever. And they pretty much did it with this, with name and grievance was the the thing they worked into this one. And I was like, that's such a cheese trope, like, that we don't... You know, the exposition... The whole narration thing I thought was so overboard in this movie. It's like she narrated pretty much 95% of this movie was her talking over something, explaining something. And at some point I get it, but at another point it's like, it's such a cheat from a screenwriting perspective to to have somebody, a voiceover. You know, it's like you watch a documentary and you have a narrator. I always love documentaries that have no narrator because a narrator is such a cheap, like four years later, they all came together. And, you know, you can get through so much stuff with a narrator that you, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it covers up yeah. bad writing essentially. It, and, it, that's exactly right. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, it's there's, you can use the narrator. There's plenty of very good movies that use, use the narrator thing. It's, it can be used really well, but it also, is a you know it's, it's a, a fix all when mm-hmm. yeah it's a crutch and a fix all when your when your writing is not particularly great and I thought that was a that was an issue I didn't know sure. she would lean so hard into the New York accent too I feel like Harley Quinn from the Suicide Squad the original one wasn't that much but the the first scene of the movie is like I'm Harley Quinn I'm going to go you know it was like the most <laughs> New York thing I just didn't. I didn't find her voice annoying at all in the first one, and I did somewhat in this, but maybe the she New just York, leaned into the character a little bit more. But. Yeah, I mean, the New York accent thing is definitely, like, when the character was introduced in the Batman the Animated Series, it was definitely, like, a super thick New York accent uh, type deal. I, Eileen Sorkin was who the character was based off of, so that's who she's Wife of Aaron like. Sorkin. Yeah, right? Uh, so, you know... Ex-wife, that, that's that's who she's supposed to sound. I will say I kind of split the middle. I liked all the voiceover because I thought a lot of it was kind of clever, and I think it worked for some of the like the unreliable narrator stuff. Like she's like, no, no, I told this wrong. Let me go back a little bit. I like that, but I did not like the the text on screen with the grievances and stuff because half those jokes weren't even funny. Like there was a joke in there that suggested that Roman Sionis was pissed at Harley Quinn because she voted for Bernie Sanders. That joke's not even going to hold up in four months. Like, <laughs> right? I, you know what I mean? How is that even funny? Like that that, that really annoyed me. Those those on screen text things. Yeah, because it gave me like PTSD flashbacks of how stupid they were in Suicide Squad. Yeah. I, I actually liked the the non-lethal gun attacks from Harley Quinn in this, where she's just going, it's called the fun gun she had it written on there, and she's just shooting people with confetti cannon, essentially. and Which is, that was bags. funny to me. That made me laugh. It's a, the dumbest strategy ever, but it made for some really cool visuals with all the different colors, and I'm pretty sure that's the only reason they did it that way it's like oh we can have like like a blue bomb and then we get a pink one and then you know the 90 90 percent of the choices that were made in this production design wise action scenes like oh yeah but how colorful will it be you know and like they're they're like in a in a, a random warehouse meeting with with uh with ewan mcgregor and like half the windows in there look like a red one and a yellow one and there's like all these different like stained glass. Like what what abandoned warehouse has a stained glass setup like 
like that. There's just so many little things like that in the movie that, uh, I don't know, not really annoyed me, but it's just like, I couldn't keep my eyes off of those types of things, and it was distracting in a way. It's it Gotham, man. Gotham's a colorful town. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was gray and dark and rainy and... Is is yeah? I, I mean, I get I get I get that Harley Quinn is colorful, but it was just an overabundance of we're just throwing basically neon paint at the screen, and that's gonna that's gonna be it. And she wears like a you know for a wanted terrorist, she keeps like dressing like and walking around like Harley Quinn the whole time, which I found funny. You know, like she she has these pom-pom caution tape dress arm things and i don't know where she gets her wardrobe but i thought it would be funny if there was a scene where her she's like creating her insane wardrobe and they kind of do that at the end where where she gives the bulletproof vest to rosie perez and uh, says no that's my old shirt that's sentimental you know from the from the suicide squad Mm -hmm. but yeah i she she leaned totally into the character, and I, I really enjoyed that. I like the egg sandwich thing. That's that's a holdover from the comics, right, Batman Shane? She uh, loves egg I, sandwiches. Not that I recall. I don't. It could be, but I I don't recall any specific, uh, you know, egg sandwich love. But it could be. I don't know. And I liked that that she gets to use the hammer in this too. The giant, yeah, the giant mallet, giant mallet hammer thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I I liked I really liked what they did with uh, Renee Montoya, Rosie Perez's character. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I you know why did her Black- shirt say I did shave my balls for this? What, uh, because she about? she got clothes from the Lost and Found. Uh, okay, remember she got uh, the all that trash dumped on her, and then I uh, thought that was a reference to something that I had no idea what it was. And, no, she all the, Harley Quinn dumped all that trash on her. Yeah. So then when she walked into the police uh, precinct, they said she smelled terrible. So she went and grabbed some clothes from the Lost and Found. Um, but you know, I thought she was kind of cool. I really liked what they did with Huntress. I think Huntress has had a pretty interesting character backstory in the comics, and I think. That would be a character I'd want to see more of. I liked that she was like super socially awkward, uh, you know, because she was raised by assassins in Sicily. So I liked that she like had no idea how to interact with people. Um, I thought it was funny when she got pissed off when somebody called it a bow and arrow, and she was like, "No, it's a crossbow." Uh, that made me chuckle. Yeah. But I will say the one thing that was a huge swing and a miss for me was well, two actually was uh, Cassandra Kane, the girl who was the pickpocket. In the comics, Cassandra Cain is the daughter of a like this like a trained assassin, basically like a Deadshot character, and she doesn't speak. And she ultimately grows up and she becomes Batgirl, and she's this awesome like martial artist, essentially nothing like the character in the movie at all. And so, since she was nothing like the character at all, why even bother naming her Cassandra Cain? Right? It would just be that was pointless and dumb to me. The other character that was a bit of a letdown was Victor Zaz, who was played by the dude from the newsroom right i don't know what his yeah, name chris is chris messina yeah yeah chris messina in the comics he is a super terrifying like a like creep right he like he's a serial killer and every time he kills somebody he scratches like a tally mark on his body and he's physically imposing and he's terrifying and this version of victor's ass was like a damp firework that was like super disappointing um yeah. so i thought that was another waste of a cool character 
Yeah, that was there was a lot of I thought I thought all the main characters were really interesting or or at least good in and of themselves. I thought Rosie Perez was great. I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I really hate the I don't like the Harley Quinn character at all, but I thought this was if this would have been my my uh, cinematic introduction to her instead of Suicide Squad, I think I'd like her a lot more. She kind of she was a little more endearing in this movie, despite being extremely annoying, like purposefully annoying with the accent and everything, like you mentioned, Kent. Um, I thought Black Canary was was interesting. You know, I I love Journey Smollett going back to Friday Night Lights, and I thought she was very good. I thought that the chemistry between or the the combining of the group into a team was really pretty bad and it never it didn't mesh well um at all and like like you mentioned shane the whole the her the uh the huntress's uh you know social awkwardness and stuff there's just no establishment of that whatsoever and so it's like it didn't feel earned to me and it, it just kind of back and forth and so the sequences where it was like one of them on their own or maybe two of them together was like, this is really good. I actually think this is pretty solid. And the, the character, the, the acting is good. You know, these are all four good actors. And so they're, they're doing some good stuff. But then the, the writing as far as like bringing them together and stuff, I thought was really weak. And that was a, ugh, I don't know. It, it kind of, it dragged a lot of the story elements around into places. I was just like, this just starts to feel pretty, lackadaisical um and not up to what i think these four women are putting on screen as far as their you know their their acting chops and and the performances and whatnot sure yeah i mean i think the team up worked for me but you know i I think maybe that's because i'm going into it with a lot more backstory that i'm bringing to it uh just from reading comics and stuff so maybe that's just because yeah maybe that's why it worked for me and it didn't for you you know Certainly. Yeah, I, I I can see that, and I agree for the most part with that. But moving on a little bit, I like the hey, – we'll get into spoilers now. There's not much to spoil with this one, to be honest. Uh, but the Amusement Mile I thought was a cool setting for the final battle sequence. Yeah, Did you feel absolutely. like the the enemy the 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 uh, the thugs, if you will, the fact that Bobby Cannaval Cannavale didn't show up in this movie as some kind of villain or something? I just kept waiting for that because it seemed like the most mafia New York baddies that were fighting type of movie, and he seemed like to be perfectly cast in in that kind of role. But the fact that it didn't happen, I honestly thought I saw him once as as. I guess it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, the uh, Huntress, her dad or something like that. And they kind of flash back to that at one point. I thought that was maybe him, but uh, I'm wrong. I don't know if it was or not, but if it was, that was a sneaky cameo. I missed it too. Yeah. And I didn't understand that maybe this is back from the comics, uh, Shane, that Cassandra Kane is – constipated <laughs> yeah again they, they literally <laughs> they literally lifted just the name from the comics and nothing about her character whatsoever so that was a fairly stupid lift if you ask me if you're not going to do anything with that character other than just take her name pick a different name mm. so, so no i constipated or 
No, not there are no stories that I'm aware of with Cassandra Kane being constipated in the comics. I feel pretty safe saying that. So, so no confirmation about her bowel movements in the comics. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, as far as I know. Okay, but who knows? There could be a new <laughs> issue this week that deals directly with that. You never know. Yeah, it seemed to be something that came up. I was like, where where are they going with <laughs> with this? And it was a uh, it was a bit confusing. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I, I you know. Shoot, if you're going into this thing for some ridiculous action, some over the top, an over the top performance, to be let's be honest, from you, McGregor, he he is, goes completely <laughs> all out on this for whatever reason. Totally, but he looked yeah. like he was having fun, right? Which, That's what I mean. Know. He's just going completely, almost insane in this movie and saying some very mean, horrible things about women and in general and. I'm surprised they convinced him to do that, to be quite honest with you, in a lot of areas. But I guess he just, he's like, um, got to get that check, you know, and, and went for it. And it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go full, full Joaquin with this performance and just go completely nuts with it. And he did. It was, I'll tell you what, if his character hates snot that much, I can't wait to see uh, a deleted scene where he watches Jennifer Hudson and cats. (laughs) The snot bubble (laughs) thing. Yeah, oh, she has a snot bubble. Yeah, cut her face off. <laughs> Basically, what happens in in the movie, but yeah, it had some had some fun action action moments in it, and some ridiculous kills. I mean, we haven't seen crossbow kills like this maybe ever on screen, so that was interesting from a certain degree. But I think structurally, it was kind of all over the place, and I think this could have been a lot smarter than it was because I think the material is there, I think the character is there, and I think the backstory of Harley Quinn really could be more dramatic, more more clever, to be honest. And it, it seemed like they were trying to make, to Richard's reference earlier, trying to make a John Wick with this. And they, John Wick came out, and it completely changed what they wanted to do with this movie, and they are just trying to get from point A to point B. Some of the narration stuff was over the top and the breaking of the fourth wall too in the movie kind of came out of nowhere as well too and i never really really felt it to be completely necessary and multiple characters break the fourth wall so it's not just through the eyes of harley quinn i guess everybody had the ability it's retroactive i don't it's I not know. a very good yeah. script right well i mean we just got to call a spade a spade on that like mm-hmm. christina hodson is uh, you know she's She's got some credits to her name, and she, uh, I mean, I thought the Bumble, I thought Bumblebee was really good. That's She wrote that, and um, I, I think that script is a, is a huge upgrade on most of the Transformers scripts and stuff. This is a bad script. It just, it just is. I think the direction is fine, or let me say that I think the direct, I think, I think Kathy Yan's direction, it's like, it's I a game. It like the, the branding and the aesthetic is not my type of movie whatsoever, mm. but 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 that's fine like not every movie has to appeal to me you know i don't that's not the the point i thought it was pretty solid on that front i think the acting is good the script is not good it's a it's a very poor script and it i think it hamstrings the movie throughout like i still ha- i had fun with it um there's there's some really good parts of this as far again as far as the acting goes and um if you like that kind of the the loud neon hyper violence and stuff like that like that's okay there's some good start stuff there the scripts is just not very good and and would it concerns me a little bit not too much because i don't really care about the dc movies when it really comes down to it because it's just you know they burn me over and over and over again but she currently is slated to be 
the writer for the Flash movie that I hope never happens and Batgirl. Uh, and Batgirl. So that that would that would concern me a bit if I if if I was Batman Shane if I really cared about the you know DC and comic movies and all it's just I think this script is it's, it's not the worst script I've ever seen but certainly um, did not help the movie I think it's a it's very sloppy. Yeah, I mean, I would slightly disagree. I, I feel like the sloppy nature of it was due to that unreliable narrator type, you know, kind of container that they were going for in the story. But I do agree that the script could have been a little bit more polished, that's for sure. But I think my biggest issues with the movie as a whole is this absolute undying, you know, um, insistence on making this its own thing, right? I mean, we talked about how I do feel like there's a, a big hole that the Joker probably should have had a scene or two in this movie since her breakup with the Joker was so important. Um, But the other thing, and I think you guys knew I was going to say this, right? But the other thing that was super, super disappointing to me is I know Ben Affleck is done playing Batman. I know we haven't seen Robert Pattinson yet, but come on. There needed to be one shot, one scene, one something where Batman shows up in one way, shape, or form or another, right? You could do the same thing that they did in Shazam, where you don't even see a face. You just see, like, the chest area. But the the idea that Batman at no point had what's going on, what's going on in the universe, is completely ridiculous to me. In Gotham City, needed, too, yeah. Yeah, in Gotham City. You think that a group of 200 villains would have shown up at Amusement <laughs> Mile, and he wouldn't have known about it? Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, he like, shows I'm, up in Suicide Squad. Batfleck, right. and though. that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that he should have been a star of this movie. I'm not saying that, but the fact that he wasn't in it for a frame was insulting to me, and that needed to be fixed. There, he should have been in there in some way, shape, or form for just a minute. And I kept waiting for him, and I never got him. I I disagree. I'm 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 happy that Batman's not in this. I think when we watch those Marvel movies, that's always a common complaint from from nerds who want to fight about DC versus Marvel. Is like. Oh, this is happening, and Thor or the Guardians don't show up, or Thor doesn't show up, or something like that. And I'm just like, it's not a Thor movie. I just, I, I, I don't know. This was not a Batman movie. I'm fine that Batman wasn't in it. I don't know. It, it and to be fair, that's a that's a I don't complaint think it loses super from that. That's a complaint that's super unique to me too. Like I thought, yeah, he's Parasite literally Batman, 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 Batman showed up. Yeah, I thought no, I'm always mad when Dirk is not in up, every so. movie. No, I get it. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. it's like. Why wasn't Dirk in the post? I don't know, but it's, it sucks. I really would have been better if it had been. But no, I, I totally get what you're saying. I just, I was not, maybe it's partly the whole Joker thing of like, I thought that was such a stupid, cheap way to get this movie that was supposed to be its own thing, kind of slide it in, all sly into the DC Extended Universe and all this. But I don't know. That, there was never a point to me where I was like, Please, you got to make sure that the Batman's in this. And I thought the the Batman scene in Suicide Squad was one of the worst parts of Suicide Squad, and there are a lot of worst parts of Suicide Squad. So I I don't know that maybe it's just personal preference, but that wasn't a that wasn't lacking for, in, in my opinion. For we me. didn't see yeah. pearls hit the pavement either. I was disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, that. I mean, in the in the Lego Batman movie at the beginning of the movie, Will Arnett's the house the Batman built. You know, it's kind of true, true, and so I was really expecting a little bit, and I'm shocked that they didn't. So, but again, that's just me. I understand there are plenty of people who are fine that he didn't show up. Just me. I, that that significantly brought it down a, an entire letter grade for me. All right. <laughs> well, I'm I'm pretty much done talking about about Birds of Prey. You know, I think there was some fun. Act. I'll watch this one again. 
Uh, it's got some rewatchability factor to it. It's got some have on in the background while you're doing other stuff factor to it. Uh, Suicide Squad is torturous, though. Absolutely, absolutely torturous. And I really do think they need to nuke this whole thing. And the fact that they're trying to carry this over into a reboot of Suicide Squad is is interesting to me. I like James Gunn. I think he could do it. But it's just it's just you know it's not it's not far removed enough from the original one that it's gonna feel should have just been called Suicide Squad Two at that point instead of the Suicide Squad. It feels I don't know disingenuous to the original in a way to bring back characters and not others. Like only three characters passed the test and everybody else failed the test of the audience. That and yeah, it's it's very confusing. But I don't know. I mean, if James Gunn is the only guy on the planet who has my absolute trust to take a team of wacky characters and put them together, because he you know he did it so well with Guardians of the Galaxy that I absolutely trust that whatever he's doing with the Suicide Squad, I think it's going to work. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying my gut is telling me he's going to make it feel fresh. He's going to kind of you know. Get rid of all the stuff that didn't work from the first movie, and he's going to keep the stuff that did, and then he's going to make it. I think he's going to make it great. I, it's just my just my guess. I'm totally optimistic for it. I just think it's so it's, it's like a little bit too soon to to reboot a movie two years later or whatever it is. Is is, is it was like yeah. I think it was 2016 is when that movie came yeah. out. So that yeah, like I mean they would have been five. shooting it in 2018, 19. So I mean it's just. Yeah. Before it is basically once they realized it didn't work, they were trying to do another one, a reboot of it, and that's 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 a bad standard. I feel like in in a way, but you know I'm all for good movies, and this one was fun, so I'm ready to grade this one out. What do you? What about you guys? Yeah. All right, Richard, are you still there? Are you good? Uh, yep. Yeah, ready to grade it? All right, here we go. Um, I'm gonna give this one a B, but I liked the action enough to bump it up a half letter grade to a B plus. So I'll give this one a B plus. What about uh, you, Shane? I would say the exact same. I, I thought that the movie itself was well made. It just needed to tie into the larger Gotham universe a little bit more. But all that to say, I thought it was an enjoyable watch, so I'd give it a B plus. All right. B go. Um, I'm the opposite. I think it's probably a B that I enjoyed the movie. I liked. I love. I thought Margot Robbie was really good. I liked the acting. The world was was better than than it has been in a lot of previous DC movies for me. Um, it, it's a B. I'm gonna just give it a B. Straight B for me. Okay, Richard. I'm gonna go B minus. So I'm the lowest of the group. But yeah, better than I expected based off the marketing. But uh, mm-hmm. and that's f- fine. But uh, but yeah, fine little movie. But yeah, within the context of the, you know expectations and the dc uh universe at large it's it's uh continued it it's not a disappointment as much as it just seems it still seems like they're a bit lost and and to your point on the reboot of suicide squad it's like everything they do right now on, on the wb front seems like it's like half a reboot half a sequel like they can't they don't ever want to commit right. to a full thing and that's frustrating i think and i think that's starting to with the exception of the joker like brian said which is an aberration but like in an exception, but the I think it's starting to dwindle down the audiences because they don't know what to expect when they go see this stuff, and so mm-hmm. um, absolutely it, true, yeah. And so no, it, it starts on. to. I agree. It, that's why this it all goes back to 
what we were talking about, I think in like 2014, when this, this whole universe was being developed, why did they hitch their train to Zack Snyder? It, that's the main mistake of this entire thing is that they, they went that direction and then they're trying to branch off of that direction. And it, and David Ayer just completely flamed out and you just, it, it starts at the outset with the wrong person at the helm. And you know, now they've, they've corrected that mistake. It feels like, and they've got James Gunn, they've got Matt Reeves. They, they, you're going in a different direction, but at the outset, okay. I don't think but cut, us- the, but cut the cord, cut the ties. Right? Like we, yeah. I mean, like if you're gonna, I totally agree with you, Kent. I, it's still, it's still mind-boggling to me that they turned this whole thing over to him and then just followed his his plan for for all of these things. But it's impossible right, because- to ever feel like you're you're getting a clean slate when you just keep kind of like reintroducing elements of it and then mm-hmm. just like you got to stop we got to stop wonder woman works we got to st- stick with that jason i mean aquaman made so much money that it's i guess it's impossible to, to cut ties with that but there's so many other parts of this that you just if you really want a chance for the for your movies to actually make the amount of money that they are supposed to make and to have the the reception that you that you desperately desire and want for for your movies we got we kind whether it's a 10% involvement now at this point or or a connection or it's 80 it doesn't really matter we got we got to stop doing it we got to get away from this so that to richard's point you can give the audience an expectation of what they're going to get when they walk into the theater because we don't i don't think they know right now and yeah, that's, that's, still sort of connecting it's it's just a bad it's a bad formula that's disney and Marvels, the best compliment you can give them is you know what, and a lot of people don't like that, and that's fine. Mm-hmm, that doesn't mean they're mm-hmm. wrong. It's not to their aesthetic, but but you know what to expect with like a Marvel movie, pretty much. Absolutely. And sometimes to a fault, but like, but it works. And you can argue with that artistically, but you mm-hmm. can't argue with it commercially because right. people right. know what yeah, to absolutely. expect, and that's absolutely. why they make a ton of money. So, um, so that's fine. If you want to hold yourself as a more interesting studio, that's that's great. But then you can't whine and moan when when you you know right, you're, right. one of your ten poles only makes thirty five million domestically. Mm-hmm. But anyway, enough about right. that. Who cares? We don't want to talk about this movie anymore. Good, good points overall. Good good points on all fronts. And you know, I think uh, I think the character of Harley Quinn deserves better than this. To be to be honest with you, I think it's a really fun, interesting character with a movie star at the helm, which you don't get often. And there's something to build off there. And they needed a smarter script. They needed a little bit more foresight and emancipation, fantabulous, all that kind of stuff was just was they it did not do this movie any favors at all. The way it was pushed out, the when it was released, all of those things led to led to this movie uh, ultimately underperforming. And it's sad because I think this movie under the right circumstance, the right people behind it could have been successful. It could have been way more successful because I thought it was well-directed and I thought it was well-acted and all that stuff. So disappointing, but at the end of the day, that's more of the same from DC. So if you want more from us, check out the Mad About Movies VIP page. We've got a lot of stuff coming up there. We've got our traffic review coming up there, our AMA. You can jump in the Discord as well and, and discuss movies with us, food with us, sports with us, music, all the types of things that we, we have channels for in our Discord. It's a really, really fun time. 
And we've got our best of the decade episode dropping later this week on the main feed. So we recorded that in honor of our 600th episode of Mad About Movies. Really fun, big, exciting times. And that episode will be coming out later in this week. Since we had the Oscar episode in this early in the week, we'll we'll hold that one for later in the week. But if you want more from us, always check out that VIP feed. There's evergreen episodes on there, tons of throwbacks, tons of AMA content and fun stuff always happening over there at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Batman Shane, thank you so much for for coming on and talking DC. Uh, When's the next DC movie, man? When, When will we have you back? Oh, let's see. I mean, well, we're definitely going to be back in four months when they release the three-hour extended cut of Birds of Prey. <laughs> the Snyder uh, Cut. Yeah, yeah, if the Snyder, Snyder Cut comes out, we'll need your full your full breakdown I, of that. I I'm cannot out. get into details, but I have heard some things that the Snyder Cut may or may not see the light of day. So stay tuned for that. Oh, so it may or may not. Okay, good. It, it may or may not, but we, we will see. destroy my um, headphones real quick? But uh, <laughs> Destroy my well, computer, destroy all evidence that, that, that that's... Yeah, what else is the next? I guess Wonder Woman 84 is mm-hmm. the next DC yeah. thing. So that's this summer. So I'll be back for go. that. There you go. Exciting times. All Always right. good to be here. Good stuff. Batman Shane. You can find him on our Discord. He's Batman Shane in there. And Brian is at Beagle 12 on Twitter. Richard Barden's Richard Barden on the Twitter. And I'm at Ken Garrison. We thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and hopefully you enjoy our Best of the Decade episode. But until next week, we'll talk a little Sonic the Hedgehog, guys. Get stoked. And uh, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya, the salads and scrambled.